0: I am Danny Brown and I am currently a paramedic with the Fort Meade Army Base.
1: What inspired you to become a first responder?
0: So it was actually really funny. It was not something that I'd ever thought of when I was younger. I wasn't one of those kids that was like, oh, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. Um, my mom had helped with the ladies auxiliary when I was younger and I kind of grew up watching her do kind of more of the administrative side and helping with meals and events at the firehouse. So I kind of grew up watching that a little bit. And then when I was, I was finally old enough to, um, join, I was like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just this high school kid. I'll give you something to do. It looked fun. Um, So I joined and then I kind of just immediately fell in love and I couldn't really envision myself doing anything else.
1: What is it like helping others?
0: Um, I think it's, I don't want to be cliche and say it's like fulfilling, but it kind of is because it. It feels really good knowing that every day you're making a difference and you are being there for people on the worst day of their lives and you're able to, you know, hold grandma's hand or you're able to offer a little teddy bear to a little kid and it's really nice just knowing that even if it is like a quote-unquote dumb call or something that you don't think is that important it still is probably maybe that person's worst day so just being able to show up and be there for them and be your best self for them I think is really cool
1: and with that you are helping you know people they're going through probably like you said one of their tough days but what do you do for your own mental health
0: So I, I really probably neglected my own mental health for a really long time. I've been a paramedic for 11 years and I've been in EMS for about 16, since I was 16 years old. I'm 31 now. And it really wasn't until kind of like the COVID era where I was like, my mental health is not, not it. I was, I Later find out, thanks to therapy, I was suffering from compassion fatigue, and during COVID, I was just angry. I wasn't angry, like, politically speaking, I wasn't angry at COVID or anything like of that. It was just, it just happened to come about during that time frame. Um, I was just angry at my patients. I was angry at my work. I was angry at myself. I was just an angry person. And it really came to head around that time frame. And I finally was like, you know, something's got to give. And I finally sought out therapy. I didn't seek therapy before that because I was like, you know, I didn't have a super troubled childhood. I, you know, I wasn't suffering, suffering from addiction. I didn't have these like, you know these big things that people go to therapy for you know what i mean i didn't have any major trauma i wasn't assaulted like none of those things that like the textbook you need to go to therapy right. type you know what i mean so in my mind i was like i don't need therapy like i'm fine and then when i realized like how angry i was and how it was really showing toward how compassionate i was toward my patients i was like this is not okay anymore so I finally sought out therapy and I am so grateful that I started therapy because I realized that therapy is literally for everyone. Yeah. It's not, it's not just for those people who have suffered like traumatic life events or people who have had a rough childhood or like the things I mentioned. It's literally just for anyone, even if you think you don't need it. And it's really helped me in ways that I never would have imagined. So I think therapy is really the biggest thing I've done for my mental health. And then also setting work-life boundaries. Um, at the time during COVID and when I started therapy, I was a supervisor in my old position and I was taking a lot of work home with me and there was no separation between my work time and my personal time. So I'd be constantly answering phone calls. I'd be answering emails. I'd be worrying about this. I'd be following up on that. I'd be doing Zoom calls. Like, So I really never had a lot of downtime on top of working tons of overtime because unfortunately our field is grossly underpaid. So we do have to work several jobs or a lot of overtime to help supplement our income. Um, So therapy and boundaries for personal work-life balance were the two biggest things I've really done for my mental health.
1: I like what you said uh, about therapy because I talk to a lot of Uh, younger people as well and they're so open about saying they they go to therapy and all that so hopefully you know that helps more people go to therapy as well
0: that's really so funny you say that because I completely agree I feel like I'm like I said I'm 31 so I feel like I'm kind of right on the cusp of like the whole millennial gen z and my friends and older, I've never heard anyone say, oh, I'm going to therapy or my therapist or any of those things. And younger people are so quick to be like, oh, my therapist said that. Mm-hmm. Or my, you know, I've seen my therapist later. I have therapy. And I think that's amazing that we're so open about it or they're so open about it. So I try to be super open about it. And I like somebody asked me what I'm doing today and told him about this interview. And I said, Oh, and then after that, I have therapy at two o'clock. So I'm just like, you know, I, I'm there. I'm about talking about it. And if somebody says something like, Oh my God, my therapist said that. Like, so I try to be really open about it as well to open the narrative and normalize it.
1: And that's important because I I'm 41 and it took me so long to tell people or whatever with either mental illness and, going to therapy and then seeing these younger people like, Hey, it isn't a big deal. So that even helps me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My mom is the same way when, you know, I told her that I was in therapy. She was like, Oh my God, what happened? And I was like, you know, nothing really happened. And I, you know, I think I was like, I think you could benefit from therapy. Oh no, nothing's wrong with me. I'm fine. Like, and so, just seeing how the older generation responds to therapy, they're still very, it's still very stigmatized, yeah. especially with the older generation.
1: So, what are some of the things that motivate you?
0: Um, well, I think money obviously is a big motivator for a lot of people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that I and I try to. Everything I do, I try to relate back in one way to like the major motivators. You know what I mean? Everyone has like a handful of major motivators that really motivate them. And since money really is my biggest motivator, I try to equate everything back to that, whether it's time, whether it's professional or personal development, I look at it as how can this help me be a better person, a better professional to help bring a raise, a promotion, better my field, you know, so I try to bring everything back to that, if that makes sense.
1: You talked about it a little bit already, but what were some of the challenges you faced during uh, COVID time?
0: Yeah, so COVID was definitely, I don't have to say, very difficult for everyone, especially the healthcare field. There were so many changes in policy, in procedure, the way, you know, the PPE we had to wear, the vaccination debate, one side or the other, whichever side you fell on, and it was just really hard um, trying to navigate all of that, and it was really hard to see kind of where your employer, where the government, where the public and the community kind of drew the line as to what they care about, whether, and each employer was handled things vastly differently, But whether it was they valued your health first, whether they valued the patient's health first, whether they didn't value any of that health first. So kind of seeing the true values of people come to light, I think, was the most difficult part for me. And seeing certain procedures come out that you didn't think would ever have to come about. And then they did and seeing that come to light i thought was really difficult
1: what would you say to any uh young people who want to follow your footsteps
0: i would say that ems is definitely really a great career it truly is and it's very rewarding being able to help your community and to tangibly see the way you're helping because a lot of times when you're volunteering or you're giving monetary donations, you don't immediately see the reward. And I think in EMS, you can immediately see that reward at least to a degree. So I think that aspect alone is great. I'm a person who loves immediate and tangible feedback (laughs) and rewards. And like I said, we are grossly underpaid. However, there are avenues that you can go to get higher pay. Um, there is a lot of opportunities for advancement and promotions and I think what's really unique about EMS is the schooling can be completely paid for. I didn't pay a dime for any of my schooling which I'm so grateful for It was completely funded through my local firehouse and um, you can use that to do literally anything you can go do you know wildland firefighting you can go on a cruise ship you can go to Afghanistan like, Literally, there's so many opportunities that are available to people in EMS that are not nearly explored enough or talked about enough. So for someone who is young and doesn't necessarily have responsibilities of a traditional family or anything like that, I think those avenues are super fun, super rewarding, and the pay is really great also.
1: I brought up uh, mental health earlier, but uh, uh, I want to ask this is what are some of the things that make you happy?
0: My pets jumped to the forefront of my mind immediately. Um, I have a German Shepherd and two cats, and they are the loves of my life. I love them to death. And spending time with them, spending time with my boyfriend and our families, I think is really important going back to the work-life balance I spoke about. I really lost sight of myself and the things that made me happy during that time where I had no work-life balance. So as I'm trying to transition to having a much more clear and defined boundary, I'm also finding myself again, and I'm finding those things that do make me happy. I, for the longest time, didn't have any hobbies. I didn't have anything I did. I literally went to work. I slept, I ate, and I went to work. So I didn't have anything that truly I was passionate about and I didn't have anything that was a creative release for me and I think having a creative release whatever that looks like is super important and I don't I still don't have a ton of hobbies I'm still really working on finding things that I enjoy but it's a matter of trial and error and just trying to find those things is more important than not having them at all.
1: Where do you want to see yourself say in the next three to five years?
0: I actually just started this new position with the Fort Meade Army Base. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I just left my last um, county-based government position that I was with for the past 10 years. So this is definitely a huge transition working with the federal government and um, kind of getting situated there and getting comfortable. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. And I think the next three to five years there is gonna be a really exciting time where I'm learning, a completely different system, a different way of doing things and just growing there. And I'm really excited to see that.